the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we live in a very interesting generation that is very obsessed with a lot of sort of narcissism that has to do with obviously ourselves, but a lot of things that promote, you know, wellness, uh, wellness of mind, positivity, optimism, things like that. You know, a lot of people are into having, you know, those, what is it, those daily reminders, daily quotes that sort of, you know, lift you up, keep you positive, keep you optimistic about life, which is obviously not a bad thing in and of itself. You know, it's good to be positive, it's good to be optimistic. But we get so obsessed with that, we should all be positive, right? No trust in ourselves. So it's not bad to be positive. We should all be positive, right? No one wants any negativity around them. That's a very natural thing to, to desire, positivity. But there's a very clear difference between being optimistic about a lot of things in life, being positive about a lot of things in life, and having trust in ourselves. Jesus doesn't have a problem with the former, with being positive. Jesus wants us to be positive. He has a problem with us evolving that into trust in ourselves. And if Jesus has a problem with that, we should too. Because even earlier on in the Gospel of Matthew, he mentions a parable. For those who trust in themselves, and he gives that parable of the Pharisee and the publican, who both go into the temple and pray. So he has a big problem with trusting in ourselves. And I think one of the reasons why is because when this sort of optimism and positivity and you know, wellness becomes us trusting in ourselves, it becomes a problem because that's not something we're supposed to do. We can't trust ourselves. We're not responsible enough to trust in ourselves to make the right decisions. Leave faith to the side really quick. Even an agnostic, even a non-believer, knows that they cannot trust themselves because, I mean, look at society around us. Why are there civil laws, for example? Why is there a constitution? Why is there this sort of standard with how to live your life? Because we can't trust ourselves. That's a sort of fundamental understanding without religion. But now that we know that we can't necessarily trust ourselves, we need some sort of guidance, something greater than ourselves to sort of move us in the direction of goodness, of holiness. When it becomes trusting in ourselves, when, when we start to do this so much, that starts to overlap to trusting in our own happiness. And that's where it gets very dark. And I think a lot of us and a lot of this generation, we trust in our own version of happiness. And you could, in a testament, to where you could see where this is failing and why it's failing, is because look at the world we live in. Everything is sad. It's very gloomy. A lot of people are sad. A lot of people struggle with anxiety, suffer with, struggle with depression, struggle with you know, not knowing how to control their emotions, to control their feelings. Everything makes us sad. A lot of things, a lot of people have this you know, strong inclination to just be sad about a lot of things. And I think the cause of that, the root cause of that, is because we trust so much in our own happiness. And that's why Jesus in this gospel today, he gives us a completely different version of what happiness is. 
and something that is contrary to what the world sees as happiness. Because the Greek word that Matthew chooses to use is blessed, but the direct translation is happy in the Beatitudes in the Gospel today. So let's replace blessed with happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who are persecuted. You see the stark difference with what Jesus sees as happiness and what we see as happiness. And Jesus sort of gives us a remedy in this gospel today of a true and genuine state of happiness. Because what happens when we take happiness into our own hands? What happens when we trust in ourselves so much? When we trust in our own version of happiness? We become like the rest of the saddened world. We just become gloomy and negative and sad and sort of throwing a pity party for ourselves all the time. And that's because what, what does the regular generation in society see as happiness? Okay, you bought a big house, great. Congratulations, good job, that's a great achievement. But there's always gonna be a bigger house. Someone is always gonna have a bigger house than you, I promise. So you, you get a new car. Okay, congratulations, you're gonna be happy, you're gonna post it on social media, great, but the style is gonna change, I'm sure, in the next year. You get a new watch, someone is gonna have a nicer watch than you, I'm sorry. You get a new purse, okay, show it off all you want. Someone is gonna have a nice one and a newer one is gonna come out. You throw a big party that you want everyone to talk about, okay, I mean, let's be real. All parties are the same, right? Loud music and a lot of them, that's what parties are. We're even talking to the First Communion parents about it during our first meeting. He said, okay, you know, you concentrate, we're trying to help them, you know, understand, concentrate more on the sacrament that they're receiving rather than the party. And I'm not saying this because, you know, it's just me being a priest, being closed-minded. But it's true, I see the sadness that happens. Because what happens when we put our happiness into all of these things that go away? You keep chasing it. Happiness is not meant to be there for a temporary period of time, and you just keep chasing these empty things. These things I, I was listing, those are empty things. God bless you if you have it. Great job. You're successful. But that cannot be the root of your happiness. Jesus gives us a root of our happiness. The root of our happiness is when we become like Him. Because look what Jesus is doing in the Beatitudes. Remember, Jesus, He's very philosophical when he wants to help us understand something. Jesus is listing all of these things in the eight Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Who is this person that he's describing? Who's meek? Who's humble of heart? Who's persecuted for righteousness sake? Who is it? It's Jesus. He's describing himself as the main source of happiness. Jesus is the one who mourns. Jesus is the one who's persecuted for righteousness sake. And the reason why we see a big contradiction between our version of happiness and what Jesus tells us is because it cannot be the same. Jesus was in this world, but not of this world. Jesus's version of happiness cannot be the same as a world's version of happiness. 
de facto, by nature, it cannot. But when Je what Jesus wants us to sort of understand with what happiness is, maybe we are obsessed with a lot of these, you know, small things that make us happy, with putting our happiness into these worldly, temporary things. Jesus shows us that we're happy when we're poor in spirit, we're happy when we mourn, because we become like him. Jesus, brothers and sisters, he's inviting us to look at how we mourn in our lives, what causes us to suffer. Jesus tells us that we gain true happiness when we take any sufferings, any darkness we have in our lives and unite it with him because we are slowly becoming like him. When we are persecuted for righteousness sake, he wants us to take that and unite it with him. That becomes a true source of happiness that no one in this world could ever take away from us. And I'm sure we all wanna be happy. Each and every one of us wants to have happiness that we shouldn't sort of Jesus chase around in empty places, the happiness that is foundational in Christ. Jesus, brothers and sisters, it's, he's giving it to us on a platter. He's showing us what happiness is. He's unlocking it in this gospel today. When we mourn for righteousness sake, when we're poor in spirit, when we're humble in our lives, when we're meek in our lives, when we become like Christ, even if it means suffering, even if it means being persecuted, Jesus has a greater plan for us. Let us open our hearts to this reality. It's obviously not gonna be easy because everything around us pulls us more towards the happiness of this world. But it is possible because Jesus makes true happiness possible for each and every one of us. Amen.